Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Fastest three hours on radio. So proud to be a part of the John Anderson-created, Matt Dunn-perfected, Jeff Hunt-approved, historic backbone radio here on 710 KNUS. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday Nights. I'm your Republican National Committee man, litigation attorney here in town, uh, suing governments and defending people and helping people in family situations that are bad. And then... uh, Total Activism, our monthly Arapaho Tea Party meeting, largest tea party in the state, is uh, holding forth on Tuesday. And uh, we don't sell tickets, but we do ticket people so we know who's coming and can identify them and and make sure um, that we have ways to stay in touch. And uh, we've got 110. So we're going to try and clean up some of those. Sometimes people grab tickets um, twice or we've had lefties come in with phony emails and uh, take up blocks of like 10. So tomorrow morning we'll clean that up. If you've been trying to get on the to the Arapaho Tea Party uh, to get tickets on Eventbrite, they're sold out right now, but if there are any to be freed up, that'll be done by noon tomorrow. So just keep checking back or just send me an email to RB, I'm sorry, to Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com, Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com. And there's so many things I wanted to get to tonight. We're into the final hour, and um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of time to try and get through a couple of things with you. But before we move away, what I I hope really for the last time of the banking thing looks like uh, the banking crisis predicted for tomorrow morning at least is going to be averted because um, people are going to be guaranteed to get their funds back, all of them, not just up to the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But here is someone obviously much smarter than I on this texting to the studio saying, Hi, Randy, it's not the federal government that's backing up SV Bank. It's the Federal Reserve Banking System, that same bunch which has been loaning much of the money to the U.S. Treasury to finance our debt since Uncle Sam couldn't sell standard government bonds at zero or extremely low interest rates for the last 15 to 20 years. Another reason why rates to borrow will be going higher and a recession will probably follow this year or next. It feels a lot like the late 70s and the early 80s. These guys are really slow learners. And I have to say, I um, really wasn't paying attention. I was 21 when Ronald Reagan took office and I was not paying attention to him or politics or what was going on in the economy. I knew we were just starting to move away from gas lines and kind of a sense of foreboding, and I do remember just how active the country got, um, you know, over the next several years as I personally started to get more, uh, start paying more focus on personal finance. But uh, I don't think it'll take nearly as long if we elect a Republican president, and I think it'll be on hyperspeed if we reelect Donald Trump as president, but that's a topic for another day. I will say in final comment on that text that uh, Bernie Marcus the co-founder of Home Depot, who I read, we quoted earlier in the first hour, says that a recession may have already started. And man, it sure feels that way, doesn't it? It really, really feels that way. 
All right. We were looking for – I wanted to – you've got to hear the story about the Colorado legislator who um, found it necessary to apologize. His name is Matt Soper, House District 54, Mesa, Delta County is right there on the western slope. And if you weren't with us earlier, I'll read his tweet again. This, this was a tweet from uh, a week ago yesterday, Saturday, March the 4th. Come and take it. They'll have to invade the West Slope and murder us if they intend on us being defenseless. We will not bow to tyrants and those who seek to disarm. A lot of typos there, Matt. Come on, man. We will, Maybe a little drinking going on? Hmm. We will not bow to tyrants and those who seek to disarm us, who seek to disarm us, need to be prepared for civil war. Well, I like that tweet. That is a strong tweet from someone whose constituents demand a representative who stands up for the Second Amendment. But apparently, Representative Soper felt the need on Monday to come in and beg forgiveness. Madam Speaker, I'd like to ask for a moment of personal privilege. So so granted. Please proceed. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Members, um, over this uh, weekend, some of you may have noticed that I acted out of character on Twitter. And I feel that uh, it's my duty to explain why. Normally I'm known as being rational and reasonable and choosing my words very carefully. They were chosen carefully, but I do want to apologize for a couple of words uh, that were in the tweet because I do think it's important that... um, We choose our words carefully. I do want to say to this body, firearms and guns are very important to my constituents. And that was all I heard about over the weekend. I had been at a a chamber dinner on Friday night, and that's all that was talked about. My reorg meeting on Saturday morning, that's all that was talked about. Uh, Reading through the bill, uh, there was a a personal element also uh, with me. And... Uh, I acted uh, accordingly. Uh, That doesn't change my position, but I do want you to understand that uh, firearms are something that are near and dear to folks on the Western Slope and throughout rural Colorado. But I do want to uh, say to this chamber, I should have chosen a couple of different words that were included there. And my apologies. Give me a break, Representative Matt Soper. Come on. The tweet, come and take it. They'll have to invade the West Slope and murder us if they intend on us being defenseless. We will not bow to tyrants and those who seek to disarm us need to be prepared for civil war. What the hell is wrong with that? That is a strong, accurate, powerful statement. Representative Soper, we do not have to pick and choose every word He said, normally I'm known as being rational and reasonable and choosing my words very carefully. They were chosen carefully, but I do want to apologize for a couple of words. He didn't say which words, probably civil war. That would be my guess. Maybe invade, maybe tyrants. That that would be four total words that I'm sure the left was very disapproving of, Matt. But what, number one, you never apologize to these people. I mean, if you step on their toe, If you bump into their car in the parking lot, sure. But to apologize for standing strong on the most important fundamental right that we have, because without the Second Amendment, 
the First Amendment is already out the door, you're going to apologize for that? And of course, all of the nonsense media out of there, uh, out there, just says, "Well, that was no apology. That's not good enough." Just stop it. Be strong. Be forceful. If you had a drink and that explains the two uh, spelling errors in your tweet, so be it. You didn't threaten anybody. You didn't call out anybody personally. You said, we will not bow to tyrants and those who seek to disarm us need to be prepared for civil war. What's not true about that? What's not true about that? I want strong Republicans. I want people who, if they say something in a moment of passion and say it as powerfully and as well, maybe not written, but well spoken as that tweet was, don't put on panties on Monday and come in before the body of Democrat dominators and apologize, a grovel. It's nonsense. And it doesn't look good. And it doesn't feel good to be in a party that has someone who could be so bold about something so fundamental to all Americans, even the ones who don't want to exercise it, and then apologize and then back down and still be shredded. You don't get any pats on the back from these people. These people don't care what you think. They just look for opportunities. And these are the same people that call, of course, we got a lot of these on our own side. Anybody who questions 2020, election denier. What are the other terms we're hearing now? Uh, fake radio instead of talk radio. Um, can't talk about Trump. I mean, you know them all. You know them all. Stop it, Republicans. You're in the minority. You've got nothing to lose. Saddle up. Strengthen up. And never apologize for defending the Second Amendment. I hope people will reach out to Matt Soper and buck that boy up. Be back on Backbone Radio 710 KNUS. Yeah, Backbone Radio producers having some fun with the music sets. Rory Gallagher, another one we lost too young. I think he was like 46 years old. So we've had Canadian music. This is uh, He was an Irish guitarist. And uh, and then we had uh, that wonderful old gospel band doing Doobie Brothers, Jesus is Just All Right. Just uh, an awful lot of fun here on Backbone Radio. One of the reasons I love when I get a chance to come in and be with you. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday Nights. And, uh, man, we've just been all over the place. But I just came off my sort of frustration with Colorado State Representative Matt Soper. And I played his apology about a minute and a half, so-called apology, a moment ago over a tweet that simply said, come and take it. This is in response to the Democrat gun bills. Come and take it. They'll have to invade the West Slope and murder us if they intend on us being defenseless. We will not bow to tyrants. And those who seek to disarm us need to be prepared for civil war. Oh, no. Did he really say that? Oh, my goodness. And people are not happy. Never apologize. It's rule number one. Damn, I hate Republicans. That's Fran and Greenwood Village. Every Republican conservative apologizes. Don't. That is why we fail. Well, it's certainly unnecessary. I mean, I've apologized. I've said things that I didn't mean or that were out of course or 
you stepped on somebody's foot or you're, you ate their donut or, you know, whatever. I mean, I have no problem with apologies, but apologies, apologizing for standing up to the Second Amendment. Man, please. I, and I've met Matt. I, he's a really nice guy, super smart. But you had it right the first time. Why give in to the woke idiots in control of the Capitol right now? It just doesn't make sense. Let's see what else we got. So many texts tonight. Can you provide any updates on John Eastman's circumstances? Yeah, sure. John is, but he's doing great. He's optimistic. He's working his tail off. He's um, he's just a rock star in in so many different ways. Let me see if I can find. Oh yeah, I remember where I put it. He uh, we had him on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, uh, the nighttime version, back on February. I don't know, sixteenth or seventeenth, something like that. And um, and that same night he was on the Mike Huckabee show, it's February 18th, I believe. And he talked about it. Um, you know, obviously, J6 brought him in and threatening all kinds of criminal drama. And that, that's going nowhere. There were no laws violated. But the Colorado Bar Association, uh, we heard about Jenna Ellis or read about Jenna Ellis. I talked about this briefly Thursday. I still haven't read the darn um, stipulation, the agreement that she entered into. So I can't really talk about that too much, uh, where she apparently said that she gave misleading or false statements. And I'd have to see specifically what those are, because um, I know for a fact that a lot of those statements aren't false, the things that she was talking about. But going back to John Eastman, he was um, he was lawfare, went to work and they found uh, this. I forget the name of the organization. It's going around the country and it's filing grievances against lawyers who have been uh, involved in. Uh, election controversies or election defenses or have been unafraid to talk about stolen elections, including 2020. And uh, and so they filed this massive complaint against him and he filed a hundred and twelve page answer. And he's got a substack, John John Eastman dot substack dot com, where he makes a statement about that. Details about the show. That was Huckabee and local listings are available here. Our answer to the California bars notice of disciplinary charges is available here. He, he wrote one hundred and twelve pages. As we note in the news release below, it is, quote, comprehensive and forceful, taking issue with the, quote, disturbing number of demonstrably false statements made in the notice of disciplinary charges that was filed by the California bar on January 26. The answer includes a large amount of the evidence, judicial precedent, historical and scholarly research on which I based my assessment and advice to former President Trump in my representation of him in the wake of the 2020 election. And I've got that response and I've I haven't read it word for word, but I've thumbed through it and it's it is powerful. It is incredible. And I would love to talk to Jenna about why she chose to take this deal with the Colorado uh, Supreme Court. I don't know uh, what the specific allegations were in the complaint. I don't know what she specifically stipulated to. But I do know how, for instance, Sidney Powell dealt with it. Sidney Powell got the same kind of lawfare uh, worked against her. And her response to the Texas bar complaint, disciplinary complaint against her, was to provide 50,000-plus pages of documents and evidence and affidavits and 
precedent and all the things that John Eastman talks about here in his response and tell him, no, I'm not taking a plea. I didn't violate the ethical rules. I didn't do anything wrong. I had a good faith basis for everything that I said. And uh, and she won. She prevailed. The judge granted her motion to dismiss the bar complaint against her. So it would be interesting to hear more from Jenna about her situation. I know she released a statement that said something like, we're glad that to you know resolve the situation. I remain in good standing in Colorado. This was a political attack, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I just scanned through it. Hell, I think I thought saw it on Twitter. So, but it, but it was a legitimate um, reference to her statement, I believe. Uh, more text messages every time we apologize, they win. That's right. Tell that to Matt Soper. And then speaking of Republicans that you want to love. That especially when they manage to get elected, uh, like Governor Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, you have to wonder what in the world are they thinking? He was confronted. He went on CNN for whatever reason, and he was confronted by a young transgender man, a boy, youngster, not a, I shouldn't say man, a high schooler, and um, a transsexual, transgender um, who asked him, I'll just, I've got a two part interview here. It's only a couple of minutes in total and we'll get back to some phone calls, but you got to hear this. It drives me crazy. Governor, I want you, I want to bring in Nico, a 17 year old student from Arlington. Nico. Uh, governor Youngkin, your transgender model policy required that students play on the sports teams and use the restrooms that correspond with their sex assigned at birth. Look at me. I am a transgender man. Do you really think that the girls in my high school would feel comfortable sharing a restroom with me? Yep. So first of all, Nico, thank you for, again, asking the question, being here tonight and uh, engaging in this important discussion. I believe first, when parents are engaged with their children, then you can make good decisions together. And I met your dad and I'm glad that you're both here together. That's really, really important. I also think that there are lots of students involved in this decision and what's What's most important is that we try very hard to accommodate students. So I, I don't know. Does this vanilla response from Yunkin is that what it was necessary to be get elected in Virginia? If so, I don't know that I want any part of it. Uh, oh well, I'm so grateful for the question, and you know, I'm glad that, and I, I appreciate what he said about you know your dad's here, your parents are involved. That's very important. But did you hear what he ended that segment with? We have to accommodate students. And he went on. That's why I have said many, many times, we just need extra bathrooms in schools. Give we me a break. We need general neutral bathrooms. And so people can use a bathroom that they, in fact, are comfortable with. I think sports are Dear very good. And I don't think it's controversial. I don't think that biological boys should be playing sports with biological girls. Uh, there's been decades of efforts in order to gain opportunities for women in sports and it's just not fair um, and I think that's pretty that's that's non-controversial and something that I think is is pretty well understood um, again I think these are very difficult discussions and I am very very glad to see you and your dad here together and I am very not glad in the way that you answered that question Governor Youngkin we'll talk more about that and we'll get to Brian when we come back Time flies here on Backbone Radio, 710-K-N-U-S. Wolf, a mother, I'd like to play more of it, but with lines a-poppin' and text messages rolling in and running out of show, 
We have been all over the country, though. Canadian music, Irish music, and now from uh, Australia, rock band from 2004, Wolf Mother. And I just played the two snippets of the town hall that Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin did with CNN, where a trans kid came up and said, you know, the, the girls don't want me coming into their bathroom. And brilliant text message came in. I agree that trans stuff is crazy, but what do you think the governor's response should have been? Well, first, I'm not going to play it all again, but first off, he spends, you know, 10 seconds telling the kid what a great question it was. And I would have just said, you know, great question. I'm glad you're here with your dad. And then, boom, jump into the meat of the matter. But here's what really ticked me off. That's why I have said many, many times, we just need extra bathrooms in schools. We need gender-neutral bathrooms, and so people can use a bathroom that they, in fact, are comfortable with. Give me a break. How many neutral bathrooms are we going to come up with? Are we going to come up with one for lesbian, one for gay, one for bisexual, one for transgender, one for queer, one for questioning, one for intersex, one for pansexual, one for two-spirited, one for asexual? I mean, the list goes on and on. I... How many bathrooms do we need in school now? Just more that that means individual stalls, does it not? I, I don't mean individual stalls, individual rooms. How much space, how much expense do we have to take up to put more bathrooms in so that children with gender dysphoria feel comfortable when they go to the restroom? Then he makes a great point about sports. It is patently unfair to women, to girls, to have biological males, no matter what they call themselves, no matter what parts they chop off, no matter what drugs they inject into their body, compete with them in sports. He's strong on that. I mean, he's very soft in his communication, and maybe that's good. Maybe he's just a genuinely soft guy. I don't care about that, really. He got himself elected. But I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that – I think governors in Virginia are one term, one term limit, and that's it. So he does not have to worry about getting reelected. If he's thinking about a presidential run, that that kind of an answer, that kind of soft peddling, that kind of coddling of someone, you, you feel sympathy. You feel sorry for it. I don't feel hate or anger at someone who's gender dysphoric. I, I hope they find happiness. I hope they choose whatever path makes it work for them. I hope they're not allowed to start messing with their body chemistry or their body parts until they're fully functional adults and can make that decision on their own. That's their thing. And God bless them. I, it's, I want people to be happy, whatever it takes, but not at the expense of society, not at the expense of having to redo now all the bathrooms in school to make sure we have enough individual bathrooms for somebody who's not sure or comfortable going into the bathroom of their actual biological sex. No, Governor Yunkin, I disagree. And I, you know, I guess I'm already worked up from the Matt Soper apology for standing up for the Second Amendment, but goodness gracious, give me a break. Lynn wants to talk about restrooms, and why not, Lynn? Oh, Randy. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, boy, great topic, great topic. Pleasantly surprised. I went to the grocery store today, and where there used to be a separate men and women's bathroom, they've, they've, kind of transgendered it, I suppose, except that, you know, it's a single stall. You know, you can take 
pick either one, whatever one is open. Yeah. Um, and and they installed a changing table in what used to be the men's bathroom. I mean, I, I assume that men change diapers too. Sure. But um, so yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't have to like go to a multiple stall, you know, a uh, uh, multiple gender bathroom. Uh, where you never know, you know, you, you close the door and who's going to walk in? Would it be a man? Would it, would it be a woman? Whatever. But that's the way they should do it, which is simply, if they want to make it transgender, then simply make it a single stall, a single door, one toilet, you know? Yeah, and they can just wait and take turns if there's a big long line and the rest of us can continue our business. You know, I could live with that. If young oh, if, if, if I used to when I went to the grocery store, I used to have to wait in line for the men, women's bathroom because men don't go to the bathroom as much as women do. And I remember waiting in line, you know, uh, you know, uh, two, three deep sometimes, yeah. depending. Well, um, but now they're they're kind of like, but but just give me one stall, let me lock the door, and I'll leave when I'm done. Lynn, thank you very much for weighing in. I do appreciate it. My my point is, if Youngkin would have said, look. If, if if we're going to treat this problem differently, then we need to add to our men's rooms, to our women's rooms, a third uh, bathroom that is just single door, single stool, urinal two if you want. I guess you could have them both in there and then let anybody who's uncomfortable going into the men's room or the ladies' room use that. And if there, we become you know, overrun with transsexuals and uh, the uh, all the other – LGBTQPXWYZ labeling that I read through a moment ago, then they'll just have to wait a little bit longer. But Yunkin didn't say that. Here's what Yunkin said. That's why I have said many, many times, we just need extra bathrooms in schools. We need gender neutral bathrooms. And so. And maybe I'm reading too much into that. Maybe that's all he meant to is just add one. But I'm just so sick of the kowtowing, reorganizing society. Um, rather than helping people who are experiencing this problem and continuing life as normal. Brian's been waiting forever. I appreciate it, Brian, and Arvada, welcome. Hey, Randy, nice to hear you. Hey, Brian. Hey, as far as these bathrooms go in schools, to begin with, you shouldn't be able to uh, mutilate your body before you're 18. So this shouldn't even be a problem to begin with. It should be outlawed what they're doing to these kids. I mean, as early as 14, 15, they're putting them on hormones. And a lot of these people, you know, we all went through the puberty stage. We all went for the confusion stage. Then they come out, they become an adult and they decide, well, gee, I guess I didn't really want to become a girl. So there should be a waiting time. If you're an adult and you want to do what you want, that's fine. But this whole complex, you know, all these pharmaceutical companies, uh, all these doctors, they're just making millions upon millions on mutilating children. It's its kind of sick to begin with. So that's why that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I'm very sick of it, too. But I, what I'm also sick of is just Republican pol- politicians who kowtow like this Matt Soper's apology for standing up for the Second Amendment. And then Governor Yunkin, you know, just really talking about how we have to bend over backwards to accommodate people who have a mental illness. Oh, I know. It's it's completely ridiculous. You look at that Jacob and, Chansley. How many people have stood up for him? How many Republicans yeah. have come up and said, hey, man, this guy got railroaded. We see it on video. Instead, they come up with the general statement. Well, we can't downplay the insurrection. No, we're talking about a Pacific 
video with a Pacific guy. So quit trying to make it a general statement. Come out and say it. Come out and say either way. Say, yeah, I believe he was escorted around. He deserves four years. Or come out and say this guy was railroaded. This is nonsense, and we're going to put it into it. But well, they don't. They're cowards. You've got the usual heroes, you know, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, uh, Lauren Boebert, folks like that who will speak up. And I'm sure we're going to hear more and more about this as more of the uh, video comes out. I do want to just kind of finish what I was saying about the – I said, you know, we we don't have, want to accommodate people who have the, this mental illness. And I don't mean we don't understand. We don't provide treatment. We don't if, – if people, especially once they become adults, want to do things that don't impact – um, you know, us having to restructure everything about our society, then love them, support them, whatever. I'm all good with that. But what I mean is having to reorganize, redo the bathrooms, uh, have girls accommodate boys in their sports or in their bathrooms. That's insane. And and I thought that uh, Yunkin sounded pretty weak. With regard to the QAnon shaman, as they love to call him, um, Alexis sent in a picture. And I saw this actual video of the shaman. Jacob Chasney standing outside of the Capitol, and he was reading to a bunch of people as loud as he could. He was reading as Donald Trump was sending out that recorder saying, go home. We have to go home in peace. Um, and and so the fact that he's sentenced to 41 months, you probably heard that interview on 60 Minutes that I played earlier uh, with him. It's It's outrageous. Yeah, well, they used him as the face of the insurrection. This is what they did. They said, "Hey, here's this." Guy and let, that let me just correct scary. you. Let's make sure we say the so-called insurrection because we know that's a lie as well. Yeah, that is a lie. But they tried to use him as the face of their insurrection, so they set him up. They had all these officers. You know, they were thinking, "Okay, this guy can be the face. We'll lead him around." They were trying to get in the doors, and then they got caught. Now, I don't know if you paid attention to that video as they were letting the people in. He showed one part of the video where they're letting the people in the front door. And then right next to that front door, you see this window busted out and some people coming through, right? It's those guys, they run the same six clips of the guys busting the window. Brian, we got the music, Dan. Um, I'm going to stick you on hold so you can finish. Hold on. We'll be right back on Backbone Radio. And everybody else on the phone, stay put. We got one more segment. We'll get to you. Man, fastest three hours in radio. Stay with us. Finally, a song I know. Well, we've got callers waiting and not much show left, so I'm not going to wait for the lyrics. That's just the who eminence front. Music has been so good. Thanks, everybody, for working so hard and putting that all together. Really do appreciate it. Final segment of Backbone Radio with Randy Corcoran filling in. I see that Casey Bloyer's in the house. Looking good there, big man. Still waiting on that. I know he's all trim and chopped and blocked and buffed and no, no, no. Keep your shirt on, dude. No, no. Casey, stop it. Stop. Get out of there. Get away from the glass. Move away from the glass. Bloyer effect coming up at the top of the hour. Ah, man. All right. Let's see. We promised we'd let Brian finish up. Let's go there first. Brian, uh, go ahead and finish your point. Thank you, sir. Hey, I'll just make it quick so you got other callers. I'm wondering how many more, uh, you know, Jacob. Chansleys are out there with these guys. These people are evil. Anybody for their own political gain, for their own little narrative that would put a guy in jail for almost four years, these aren't people you try to reason with. These aren't people you make bargains with. These are people you just go against completely. There's no reasoning, no bargaining. You just 
we know what's right, and we all got to start doing it. So it was one of the reasons I'm. I'm all in it was mm-hmm. one of the reasons I'm so grateful that we elected a strong chair to lead the Republican Party. Someone who agrees with you a hundred percent that the days of just backing down or thinking that the focus needs to be on compromise are still ahead of us. It, that's gotten us absolutely nowhere. And I'm going to spend the next year trying to persuade all of the, uh, you know, the the Dick Wadhams side of the Republican Party that before we start worrying about trying to get all of the, you know, disaffected Democrats or the moderates or the people lost in the political wilderness, that we first need to focus on not only inspiring our base, but number two, creating a strong platform supporting Republican Party that will bring the disaffected Republicans back over from being unaffiliated. A lot, a lot of people who became unaffiliated didn't aren't Democrats waiting to be co-opted by us. They're Republicans who said, this Republican Party sucks. I'm done with it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There, there's no reasoning with evil. You just fight evil. That's just the way it is. You do what's right. So... Have a great Hopefully week, Brian. moving forward, better things will happen. Appreciate you, man. Let's uh, see if we can squeeze in Mary before the end of the show. Welcome. Hi, I'm glad to catch you. Yes. Where is, what is the location of the Tea Party? South Metro Fire Rescue Building in Centennial. It's 9995 West Mineral. No, East East Mineral. East Mineral. Okay. West, of, west of I-25, but 99... Might be ninety one six thirty. Six thirty to eight thirty. Now, my third question, there are still some of us out there who do not use the internet or use computers. How do you how do you get a ticket? Tell you what, to call my office tomorrow and we'll add you to the list. Can I do you have a pen? Can I give you the phone number? I'm ready. I'm three, ready. Three zero three seven four nine zero zero six two. Okay. And one of our lovely reception or legal folks will answer and just tell them that you were listening on Sunday night. And I said to call in because you need to be added to the Tea Party ticket list. And we will make sure that you get in. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. good to have you back more than just one night. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. And God bless. on Saturday. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Hmm. Must have been a reception. Reference to Saturday mornings, but I really like the Saturday nights, guys. It's it works in my schedule very, very well. So if you can't, you know, if you can't be there, um, grab the podcast. Our podcasts are doing great, and uh, and there's no commercials, and you can listen when you want and stop when you want. And I, of course, that doesn't help that lady. She said she doesn't use the internet, so she wouldn't be able to do anything but listen live. Well, rearrange your schedule then. Dang it. It's only 5 to 8 on Saturday night. I uh, really have been enjoying that time slot, though. All right, let's see. We have really vented about Republicans. So grateful for the strength uh, that the party showed in electing Dave Williams to be its new chair. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch how things unfold because he is unwavering, unwaveringly principled. Um, he's, he, he thinks like Brian was talking about, you don't walk away from evil. You don't apologize for being right. And, uh, and you, you never say you're sorry to these people. My God, representative Matt Soper, what have you gained by seeming so weak? And then we ran it a bit about Glenn Youngkin too, who does not, as I recall, you can fact check me later, but I think Virginia is one term limit for a governor. 
Um, so he doesn't have to worry about running for re-election. And yet, oh, we just got to build more bathrooms. Come on. Come on. I, I I would concede one bathroom, just one, you know, for it, it could be it also work as the handicapped bathroom, the bigger door, the open space and let any gender or in transition person choose to use that. But no boys in the girls bathroom, no girls in the boys bathroom, and especially no boys involved biological boys, no matter what they think of themselves or what they've injected or what they've chopped off, no matter that. They don't belong in girls' sports. That's just the bottom line. Just the bottom line. There's one more thing I wanted to do with you, and I'm trying to remember what the heck it was because, uh, oh, I remember. Did you know that Lauren Boebert is going to be a grandmother? That's right. I said that. 36 years old, mother of four, tiny little thing, uh, perfect physical shape. Perfect physical specimen, and um, uh, yet she's raised these these awesome boys, and apparently her 17-year-old son has gotten a girl pregnant. And so Lauren Boebert's reaction, and I believe I wasn't in, uh, I believe it was at CPAC where she was addressing a women's group, Moms for America. Uh, she announced that she was going to be a grandmother, and she celebrated it. She celebrated that we're going to have this child we're going to uh, celebrate life and she also talked about the fact that the birth rate in rural america is higher than it is in the cities and that's a great thing and it is of course it is because we're not keeping up with the birth rate man we are we the left has convinced people to kill their babies suck them out of the womb pour them down the sink or that it's bad to be a parent all of the hassles that go Man, I only raised two kids, but five grandkids, well, two in the hopper right now, three on the ground, two in the hopper, all delivered within the next few months. And I love it. It's just the biggest blessing of my entire life. But what the left tries to do is say, listen to this. She's forcing teenagers to become parents. That's not good for them. That's not good for the baby. That's not good for society. I doubt that she's doing that at all. They may decide as a family to raise this child. I have known nothing about the relationship. I know nothing about how close uh, the the father, the young father, and the pregnant girl are. But adoption is a wonderful alternative. Celebrate any life 100% and don't suck it into a sink. That's the point. But the left is trying to make it out. Oh, she's immoral. She's supporting the, you know, she's a Christian, but this was premarital sex. Listen, we know the human species. We know how it works. I don't know if it would have worked out for my daughter. We never had to worry about a pregnancy, thank goodness. But she met her boyfriend and future husband when she was 14. And we could not get separate them. We sent her to Europe. And I mean, she wanted to go. We told, encouraged her to date. They were in love from day one, and they're married, three kids, little tiny ones, including my dirt bike riding three-year-old motorcycle champion grandson. Well, I guess he turned four after he got his trophies, four now. Uh, but you couldn't separate them. So maybe this is, a, maybe this is high school love that, that lasts. I don't know. But for the left to try and trash Lauren Boebert because she's celebrating, we're going to have this baby. 
Adopted, raised by the family? I don't know. It's all good. Okay. Man, the music's here already. I gotta go, but I loved being with you on Backbone Radio tonight. It was terrific. I'll see many of you at the Arapaho Tea Party, at least the 110 who got tickets. Always remember, please never forget, God loves you. So do I. And I'm sure I'll be back here one day soon. See you next Saturday night on 710 KNUS.